will join me now in Psalm 139. Psalm 139, we're continuing our series, God is Great. We're looking at these wonderful attributes of God that we find throughout the scriptures. Already we've seen that God is great in his holiness and God is great in his love. Remember last time we talked about from 1 John, God is great in love and love now for those of us who have believed in Jesus is now a family trait. We're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And as, as we said at the beginning of this worship time, that is us in this world, loving God, loving others, and let's continue to do that. Well, now we're going to talk about how God not only is great in his holiness and great in his love, but he is great in his knowledge. We're going to talk about God's omniscience today. But on our way there, let me ask you this. Are you aware of how much you don't know do you know just how much you don't know? And if you're unclear on how much you don't know, here's your assignment for this week. I want you to watch Jeopardy this week, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, when I watch Jeopardy and uh, you, they have that Bible category every once in a while, I think I'll do pretty well there. Occasionally on some other topic in those 200 level questions, 400 level questions sometimes. And isn't it a great feeling when you're watching Jeopardy and you blurt out the answer before the contestants and your family looks at you like, well, you knew that. But all too often I've had the other experience. I blurt out my answer and it's not right. It's very humbling. So Jeopardy has a way of humbling you. How about this? Just on our way to talking about God knowing everything, do you know how little you know? How are you with names? You ever have that situation where you're being introduced to somebody, you hear their name, you tell your name, and you already cannot remember their name? Like, what is wrong with my brain? This is terrible. Or how about your memory in general? Let's just a little, little test here. Do you remember your fifth grade teacher? And if I gave you enough time, you'd probably be able to sum it up. Okay, I can remember both of my fifth grade teachers. But how about this? It's a little tougher question. Do you remember everybody in your fifth grade class? Everybody, you're not going to miss one. How about this? Do you remember what you did on October 4th of your fifth grade year? I totally have no idea what I did. How about this? Let's go a little more recent for some of us. Do you remember everything you learned in your 11th grade history class? Do you remember anything you learned in your 11th grade history class? Or how about this? Let's test your knowledge of the future. How many of you know the future perfectly well? So like you knew 2020 was going to go exactly like 2020 has gone. You knew this, and you, better, you were telling all your friends, get ready, a pandemic's coming, and you knew it, right? No, I didn't hear anybody doing that. I'm trying to illustrate here that you and I have serious limits to our knowledge. There are many things you and I never knew to begin with. Sadly, there are many things that you and I learned, and we forgot so much of what we once knew. We would also acknowledge, if we think about this, that there are so many things that are beyond our capacity to even know. Like, no human being could even know that information. So there are major gaps in our knowledge. In fact, we would say, I don't just have knowledge gaps. I have knowledge chasms. I have knowledge canyons. There's so much that I don't know. In fact, if we meet somebody who seems to act like they think they know everything, we, we have a word for them to put them back in their place, right? We might say to them, if we know them well enough, hey, look, look don't, don't be a know-it-all. Don't be a know-it-all. But there is one who literally knows it all. And we're here worshiping him together. God's knowledge is limitless. God's knowledge is boundless. God's knowledge is exhaustive. God's knowledge is infinite. 
This is what we mean when we say God is omniscient. God's omniscience has been awing me all week. It's one of those things like if, if you heard we were going to talk about God knowing everything, you knew that already, right? I know God knows everything. But to ponder it all week and to ask you to join me in this, it causes your heart to leap. I mean, everything about God, if you ponder him, is thrilling, right? Aren't you awed by his holiness? Aren't you awed by his love? And now to consider that God is all-knowing, this is absolutely thrilling. So let's now go into the scriptures, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6. David is writing as the Holy Spirit inspires him. He writes this, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain to it. Let's notice this first. God has complete knowledge of you. God has complete knowledge of you. David describes how God knows every detail of his life. Ponder that with me. That is a stunning and sobering truth that God knows everything about you. This should create within you a sense of admiration. Wow, who is like our God who could know such things, but doesn't it stir within you a sense of fear at the same time? So see it with me. God is omniscient. He knows all things. Well, here's the definition of omniscience. Here it is. The doctrine that God fully knows himself and all things actual and possible in one simple and eternal act. And included in God's perfect knowledge of all things is his perfect knowledge of you. He knows everything about you. That's something you and I can't even say about ourselves. You don't know everything about you. I don't know everything about me. Has anybody ever asked you, why did you do that? Why did you say that? And if you ever honestly go, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even understand me. Why would I say that? Why would I do that? Why would I have thought that? That's crazy. And so God, though, knows us better than we know ourselves. So God has no such limitations like we have. God knows you. He knows the real you. You have forgotten things that you've said, haven't you? I have. I've had people quote me back. I don't remember saying that. I love it when it was something really good. I love what you said two weeks ago. Oh, I remember saying that. I'm really glad I said But we, we're limited. We, we don't know ourselves. We don't remember things that we did. Verse 1 here, you have searched me and known me. So God has the complete picture. Now let's break that down a little bit. First of all, he knows your every action, the scripture says. Did you notice verse 2? You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Verse 3. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. And catch this. And are intimately acquainted with all my ways. It's not that God's spying on you. It's that God has everything in his knowledge. There's nothing outside of what he knows. And he knows all these things about you. He knows your ways. He knows your tendencies. He's seen it all. He knows everything that you've done. He knows everything that you will do before you even know it which takes us to this next thing. So he knows your every action, but listen, he knows your every thought 
and motivation. Are you impressed yet? Verse 2 again. You understand my thought from afar. Verse 4. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. This is even more impressive to me that he knows all my actions. That's impressive. But he even knows my thoughts. So we ask the question, does God read my mind? Yes, God can and does know your thoughts. Your thoughts are known by God. Your thoughts are always in his view. So if you have ever thought, now, now my mind is my own business. What I have going on in my thought life, that's my own little private playground there. And I can, I can harbor all kinds of thoughts there. I can, I can harbor in my mind all kinds of things of hatred and jealousy. There in my mind, I can hold greed and prejudice and lust. And that doesn't bother anybody. But God knows your thoughts. Sin can be raging in your own mind. Now, first of all, know this. You aren't keeping your secrets as well as maybe you think you do. If you've got all that or some of that raging in your mind, it's already showing up to others. You're not fooling people as well as you think. They're already picking up the way you treat other people, the way you talk. Something's going on that's off in there. But understand this, God already knows. God has never been fooled, and he calls for righteousness even in our thoughts. Now, you do know you have like a split second where a thought can come in your mind to deal with it, whether it's sin or not. You know that, right? So you can't control sometimes a thought coming in, but you can choose what to do with it. And so uh, thoughts can come in you. Whoa, that is, that is ungodly. And, and there in that moment is when you go, Oop, I'm not going to embrace that one. I don't know where that one came from. They came from the evil one or my fallen nature. But no, I'm rejecting, I'm repenting of that. That has to happen in our minds. So God, though, knows all about you. Again, the word says he searched you and he's known you. So on the one hand, that should make all of us feel very loved. That God would care that much about us, these finite beings that he made, that he would care to know so much about us. But at the same time, should cause us to feel quite exposed at the same time. That God knows the darkness within us better than we know it ourselves. God knows the true condition of our hearts. So, so that's good to know, though. God knows the real deal so that when God in the scriptures tells us about the human heart, we know God knows what he's talking about. We can't argue with him since he knows it all. So, for instance, Jeremiah 17, 9 has a very dismal depiction of the human heart, but God knows the human heart better than humans do. So, rather, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick who can understand it. That's what God, who knows everything about human beings, this is what he says about the human heart. The heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick who can understand it. Among us, we can't, but God understands heart. When the scripture says this, Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, not even one. We can't argue. God knows everything about us, even knows our thought life, and he, he proclaims the sad reality, there's none righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23, God can say, and he knows what he's talking about, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, having heard that, be very encouraged. God knows everything about you, and he offers forgiveness to you. Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful news? So that should cause us to humble ourselves and to confess to him our sin, to run to Jesus, confess and seek his forgiveness. Not only does he know you, but listen, he loves you and cares for you. This is what David said in verse 5. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. What a wonderful tenderness God has for people that he knows. 
God offers us protection and care. So there's great comfort in the omniscience of God, just taking this first part of it, that God knows us. Think about it this. God knowingly has forgiven every sin you've ever committed. There's never going to come a time in the future when, when more information about you is going to come to light that's going to change God's opinion of you. Do, you. do you live in that fear? Like if God really knew me, he probably wouldn't, know, he wouldn't love me. If God were aware of this thing that I really did, I, I don't want anybody to ever know I ever did that. But if God were to know that, he wouldn't love me. But, but we've stripped that away. God already knows that. Nobody else might know the most shameful thing you've ever done or thought or said. But God already knows it. And through Jesus, he offers, I, I know all about that. And the grace I'm offering will cover that. The blood of Jesus spilled at the cross covers that. I know it. And I'm still offering you forgiveness. I know that. And I'm still wanting to adopt you as my child. I want you to be home with me forever. So it's a glorious truth. A little, a little stunning. and makes you feel exposed. But if you'll run to him for his grace and mercy through Jesus, how freeing is that? Now, when people are dating, sometimes, and I guess it's wise, on the first conversation, you don't throw out everything you've ever done wrong. But, but as the relationship progresses, you begin to give out some information, perhaps. Or, uh, I didn't need to tell you that I, I did this once. And you're thinking, is this it? This could be the deal breaker. This, this might be the end of it. And, and it's scary. And, you know, some people actually will go into marriage holding on to some deep, dark secret, thinking, I just could not. I can't risk it. I don't want them to know that because I, I want them so badly. But if they knew the real me, they probably wouldn't stay with me. Listen, that's a terrible way to enter into a relationship. But I want to illustrate that, that our relationship with God is far more secure than anything like that. Already knows you, already loves you, wants to forgive all that. Your move is just to come to him humbly and say, Lord, you know the real me. I need forgiveness for all that. And thank you that your grace covers all that. And so God, he has complete knowledge of you. But now this, God has complete knowledge, period. God has complete knowledge, period. In fact, we see this echoed throughout the Bible, places like 1 Corinthians 2. This truth that God knows all about himself. That's a thrilling thought. God knows all about himself. So 1 Corinthians 2.10. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. So God is infinite. Human beings can't fully know him. Thankfully, he's revealed so much of himself. But there are things about him that are incomprehensible to us. But the scripture says, God in his complete knowledge of all things, he knows everything there is to know about God, those things that are mysterious to us. Like, what about his triune nature, which we'll talk about in a few weeks? God fully understands that. That's, that's who he is. He knows that about himself. We might scratch our heads or or God's divine sovereignty and human will. And how does God do that? God knows that. That's easy. Some things that we, we find incomprehensible fully, God knows it all. So God knows everything. He has complete knowledge of himself. God knows all things. We read this in places like Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. I love Hebrews 4, 13. Listen to, listen to this. Hebrews 4.13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hear that again. 
And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And then this one, how about the level of detail God knows about everything? This is Matthew 10. These are the words of Jesus. Matthew 10, 29. Jesus said, are not two sparrows sold for a cent and yet not, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father and the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So you got to gather yourself because you just heard me talk about hair and you're distracted. So let's, let's regroup. Let's re regroup there. But this is stunning to know the level of detail God has that he knows of every human being and every bird in his universe. This is stunning what God knows. Nothing escapes the knowledge of God. Did you know that God even has numbered all the stars and he knows the name of all the stars? This is from Psalm 147 verse 4. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. So I played around with that this week and read a couple of articles about stars. That's not a topic I spend a lot of time on. And uh, I found somebody made this claim that there are more stars in the heavens than there are grains of sand on all the beaches and in all the deserts of the earth. I, I don't even, I, that can't be true. <laughs> it can't be true. That's a lot of grains of sand. And so again, I, I haven't run all the numbers, but, but I did go to another article, a scientific article and it talked about this. So how many stars are in our galaxy? Just our galaxy. They say 100 billion stars just in our galaxy. And then some estimates could take it. Maybe it could be up to 200 billion stars just in our galaxy. And then they give a number of how many galaxies are there. And they say 10 trillion galaxies in the universe. So all right, now the numbers start to add up. And so they say if you multiply 100 billion stars by 10 trillion galaxies, you get one with 24 zeros on the other end of it. They call that one septillion, and that's a lot of stars. Why are you talking about stars, Jim? <laughs> I'm just talking about the Scripture says God knows the number. So we're going, I don't know how many there. God knows, and he knows he's named them. He knows exactly that. We're just, we're just marveling at the infinite knowledge of our God, things that are we're incapable of knowing God just knows. How about this? God knows the past and the future. Isaiah 46, 9. For I am God and there is no other. That's true. I am God and there's no one like me. Absolutely true. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. So God has complete knowledge of the past. That's amazing. He has complete knowledge of everything that's happening right now in the present. And doesn't this stagger your mind? God has all knowledge of everything that will happen in the future. And we know that. We see it in the pages of scripture, these prophecies that God gave centuries in advance. And then to see those things come to pass, God knows the future. How about this? God never learns and God never forgets what he knows. There's nobody like him. Wayne Grudem, the theologian, wrote this in his systematic theology. He said, every bit of God's knowledge is always fully present in his consciousness. It never grows dim or fades into his, his non-conscious memory. Finally, the definition of omniscience talks about God's knowledge as not only a simple act, but also an eternal act. This means that God's knowledge never changes or grows. 
if he were ever to learn something new, he would not have been omniscient beforehand. Thus, from all eternity, God knows all things that would happen and all things that he would do. So we acknowledge with all this morning that his knowledge is higher than our knowledge. Do you agree? Isaiah 55, 9, God says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Psalm 147, 5, Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. Paul exclaimed this in Romans eleven thirty three: Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Listen to A.W. Tozer as he, he tries just to capture this truth about the omniscience of God. He says it so well. He says, God knows instantly and effortlessly all matter and all matters, all mind and every mind, all spirit and all spirits, all being and every being, all creaturehood and all creatures, every plurality and all pluralities, all law and every law, all relations, all causes, all thoughts, all mysteries, all enigmas, all feeling, all desires, every unuttered secret, all thrones and dominions, all personalities, all things visible and invisible in heaven and in earth, motion, space, time, life, death, good, evil, heaven, and hell. Because God knows all things perfectly. He knows no thing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. He never discovers anything. He's never surprised, never amazed. He never wonders about anything, nor except when drawing men out for their own good, does he seek information or ask questions. So we, we've been just exalting in the omniscience of God. So now let's ask this question. What are the implications of the omniscience of God to our lives? What difference does this make to us? First of all, this should lead you to praise him. He alone is omniscient. There is nobody like him. You should absolutely praise him. That's what David does here. Verse 17 in this chapter, he says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. This knowledge of God's omniscience should lead you to praise. Say with David, verse six, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain to it. So knowing God is omniscient, knows all things, should lead you to praise. Secondly, it should lead you to confess. Biblically, when we confess, as we've just illustrated, we're never informing God of anything. He already knows it all. So to confess biblically means to agree with him. God, you know already what I thought, what I said, what I did, what I refused to do. You know all that. And so I'm now agreeing with you that you know it and that I was wrong. That's what confession is. I'm not going to argue with you over it. I'm not going to fight to keep this sin. I'm agreeing it's wrong and I forsake it. So praise him, confess to him, call on him to forgive you, to save you, to lead you, and then walk with him. Why would you not want to walk with the one who knows everything? You'll never find anyone better. And this, walk with him by being in his word. Grow in your knowledge of God. Delight in this knowledge of God. So the, the greatest knowledge that anybody can know is God himself. God has all that knowledge and the greatest pursuit of your life now as a child of God through faith in Jesus, I just want to know him better. And he's revealed himself in the scriptures. And so absolutely grow in his word, spend time in his word, and then trust in his word. 
Trust is in this world where you are bombarded with all kinds of conflicting information and truth claims all over the place. Say, I, I am going to trust in the omniscient one. I'm not going to be impressed with any other intellectual on earth anywhere near like I am with the one who knows all things. And so here, a practical word for our students. We began this service talking about our graduates. And maybe you're watching from home one of our graduates, or maybe you're a student somewhere else. You're not a graduate right now, but you're, you're in a classroom. And here, here's what I know about us as human beings. We're oftentimes suckers for somebody who has a title that's impressive. So somebody with a title, professor or doctor or some letters behind their name, we can say, wow, they, they know what they're talking about, and, and I don't know anything. And so if they say so, it's got to be true. Here's another thing we're a sucker for. We're a sucker for a British accent, right? So if you've got a guy who's doctor somebody and he speaks like he's on BBC News, well, he has to know everything. Who, who am I with my southern accent to say anything to him with his British accent? We're also suckers for documentaries. So if somebody with a British accent who says they're a doctor has a documentary, I, I, it's, it's ironclad truth. Listen, we cannot be gullible. And so, again, I appeal to our students, some of you about to go to college, some of you in college, some of you graduated from college, and you believed a lot of things because you were, you were just too impressed by mere human beings. So here, nail this down. Your professor has limited knowledge. We know one who has unlimited knowledge. We just, we've been worshiping him, but your professor has limited knowledge. PhD, wonderful. He's probably an expert in one or two fields at best. And even then, he doesn't know everything about his topic, and he might have learned things about his topic that aren't factual. He's just really a good student in those things that he was taught or she was taught, and it doesn't make him correct. So he, has, he or she has limited knowledge, your professor. Your professor will, prevent, will present limited selected information. So the things he or she has studied, when the lecture time comes, it's just going to give you limited information, and your professor has a bias and maybe even an agenda. And so what's being taught to you, there'll be certain things left out of the lecture on purpose in order to convince you in a certain direction. I know this is true because this was my experience in my undergraduate years. Going to a college where it seemed like almost every class, the professors would try to take a shot at the integrity and truthfulness of the Bible. And so I endured that for four years. Here's how I, I hung on during that time, because I'm reading the scriptures and I know God is better than this professor, but I'm also reading other scholars outside of class, men and women who affirm the scriptures. And I thought, why, why aren't my professors telling me this? They're giving me selected information that's not honest. They're not giving a point of view that's equally valid that goes against their narrative. And so that helped me hang on. Then I go for my master's work, and I'm, I choose a school that affirms the Scripture. And these are PhDs, and now they're giving me the full picture. Basically, they're saying, here, here, here are the things the skeptics will say. So we would learn that. We're not dismissing that. We learned that. But here are the reasonable explanations for the challenges they've brought up. So here's the point. Don't be naive. Rank God above any intellectual that you're tempted to be impressed with. Praise him and trust in him. And let's say with David as he wraps up this psalm, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Oh, that's a great way to wrap up this. I love how David wraps up this thrilling psalm about the omniscience of God. He says, oh, search me, know me, see if there's anything in me because you know me better than you know myself and I want to lay that all down and I want you to lead me in the, the path of eternal life. I want to go in the everlasting way. Is that your heart? 
today? Oh, put your faith in Jesus. Grow in your confidence and trust in him. Well, let's make our decisions for Christ. I'm going to ask Pastor Dustin to come now and lead us in prayer. And this is a perfect time as Pastor Dustin leads us in prayer for you to respond to what we've heard, these thrilling truths about who God is, what God knows, and his great grace he's offering to us.